I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Right turn, Clyde. My mistake, poor Coffin. Get off my lawn. You just shot an unarmed man. He should have armed himself. my day. Hello and thank you for listening to the inaugural episode, which is a posh way for saying the first, of the Clintcast with myself and Ben. How are you doing, mate? Awesome. You got it right. You got the name right as well. That's pretty cool. I did. Could you, little, little slip up there. We could have ended up talking about Fanny. So. We could have been. The, <laughs> the off-air talk before we started recording. It's, oh. Yeah, it's a good job none of that slipped in at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's just exactly what my missus said. <laughs> uh, no, it's been quite funny, actually. It's been real good fun, isn't it, the build-up to this, actually getting the recording. Yeah. We've been you quite... know, getting started and that. Oh, yeah. The excitement levels have been through the bloody roof, haven't they? crazy absolutely mm. crazy mm-hmm. uh yeah. here we are who, who could you believe it mate we're in 2019 and like a week today from when we're recording mm. the mule opens up here in the uk and it's like another clint uh, eastwood film in the cinema incredible uh, in fact have, have you seen any trailers for it at all or are you just like completely ignoring it like you normally do normally yeah i do don't like you know if i know i'm gonna watch it in the cinema yeah. i'll ignore it but I, I couldn't i'll tell you the truth mate i did watch the trailer for it and it did yeah it did make yeah. blood flow into into parts of me that blood hasn't flown for a while yeah <laughs> <laughs> clint eastwood on the big screen it's like to be savored in it it is as well and if they like, say was he 89 is he or yeah he's gonna be 89 in may this year <laughs> Still looking. I think it's funny. I think I said to you off air before. Like he's literally he's always like older than what what he what mm, he was. Yeah. But he kind of now looks right. I mean, he looks younger probably. Yeah, than what he, he's he grown into his age. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should say as well uh, for everybody listening that we are not Clint Eastwood experts. Uh, we haven't got a PhD in Clint Eastwood or anything like that. We will be giving some facts and figures. And as far as we know, they're correct. Uh, but we do welcome comments and corrections that you can do via Twitter or email. And we'll give the details of that at the end of the show. And um, this is mostly, well, mostly, it is all. It's two, just two fans, isn't it, mate? We're two huge Clint Eastwood fans that are going to chat about his films one episode at a time. Um, and and do, Absolutely. Them, do them in a chronological uh, order, too. Yeah, definitely. I feel kind of exposed now because I bang on about how much of a fan I am. But so when you sort of start digging, it makes you realise how little you do know. So for me, it's probably more about learning everything. I think by the end of this, you know, the end of the run, we'll know absolutely every single detail. So, yeah, I yeah. can't wait. Any yeah. excuse to go back and watch Clint Eastwood films as well. Yeah, and quite embarrassing. There's quite a few movies I haven't seen. Because are we going to cover his ones he's just directed as well? Are we, are we doing yeah, that, that was one of the questions. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's one of the questions yep. we got on Twitter. And 
and we'll go through those later on in the show as well. But yeah. The great feedback that we've had from everybody, and yeah, we're going to go the ones that he's acted in, the ones that he's directed. Obviously, there's a lot that he he did direct and act in as well. So we're going to cover all of those. Yeah. yeah. But this this first show, um, like I said, the inaugural one. I could have said the first, but I thought I'd be a bit high class and say that. Was that the biggest? Was that the biggest word you could find in the dictionary? I, for yeah, that, I was thought it? I'm not going to try any words with more syllables than that. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going to be some information about the early years of Clint Eastwood. Uh, some chat between me and Ben, and uh, like I say, the feedback to the shows, and then we're going to start the episode where we look at it one movie at a time with yeah. Fistful of Dollars, which is... A, a Fistful of 40. <laughs> a, a, a fisting from 40. <laughs> no, no, we stick with a Fistful of Dollars. <laughs> uh, so a little bit of an insight to the sort of disgusting chat we have uh, behind the scenes. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's been hilarious today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, going back, yeah, because going back, um, he sort of starred in a few sort of tiny little bit parts wasn't it in some there of the is, films yeah, the 50s. Yeah. yeah there was a lot of stuff should we get should we get cracking with it like his early years get going. Like, let's get going yeah. then all right then right yeah. clinton eastwood jr to call him by his full name uh he was born may the 31st 1930 and nicknamed samson by the hospital nurses because he weighed 11 pounds six ounces which is 5.2 kilograms at birth Got his mother had wow. tears in her eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was the biggest baby born in the hospital that year. And he, of course, he grew up to be big too. He grew up to be six foot four. And apparently now he's six foot two due to back problems. Okay. So just a quick one on that, because I was actually 10 pounds two when I was born. And I was considered quite a big baby mm. as well. Because I think averagely they're about eight pounds, aren't they? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's a baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but I remember my mum. My mum didn't have any pain relief back then either. So it's crazy, isn't it? But, oh but eleven pounds six, Jesus. That's See, big. I was unaware of his back problems. What's what's the, just the older age? Is it or too much? Too much shagging? Oh. I think knowing him. Fucking hell! Because we'll yeah, he did like the women. Yeah, we'll get into that as well. <laughs> so yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, his formative years in the Great Depression in America. Uh, his dad was a successful bond salesman, but then the Great Depression came in. And his family were forced to travel around America, mostly around the West Coast, to find work. And then this made him, because they were traveling all the time, straight away it made him a loner because he was always like the new kid in class. And then, it's surprising though, really, isn't it? Because this loner persona that he's got in so many films that he's made, it, you know, it's gone from him as a kid being the loner and it's gone, all, you know, most of the way through his acting career too. Yep. You know, he's a lot of his roles very much anti-hero type as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's quite interesting that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to mention this is actually um, my my dad's favourite movie star, um, and my dad sort of uh, is quite similar to that as well because he moved around quite a bit when he was a kid as well. Came down mm. from London, came down originally that. So it's sort of a similar parallel was going on there as well. And I think you were saying to me that was it like you and your dad were big fans as well yeah yeah dad yeah my dad was huge fan yeah i mean he he got into clint eastwood because my dad was in the raf in the 60s and one time he was stationed in malta and he i remember him telling me that he went to the cinema in malta one time and they were showing the good the bad and the ugly you know so it was about 68 69 when he went to watch it Mm. 
and uh, yeah, he was just like blown away by it. And then from that, he went back and then watched, you know, Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more. Yeah. Immediately a huge Clint Eastwood fan. And he brought me up watching Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, and we used to always watch them together going into VHS days. And there'll be stories about that as we get to each film. Um, yeah. But I think the first, if I remember rightly, the first film that we watched together at the cinema was uh, Firefox in 82. And then yep. the last film that we watched together was um, oh, A Perfect World in 93. And then he Ooh. died in 95 uh, before Bridges of Madison County come out. So, But it was like tradition. Clint Eastwood film comes out. We go and watch it at the cinema. And we just like binged watched them on you know when VHS yeah. come out. And before then, you could guarantee if there was a Clint Eastwood film on the TV, he'd, you know, he'd sit me down and we'd watch it together. Yeah. yeah so... I I've totally, I've totally thrown you off course there. The typical fashion of my, me there, <laughs> sort of get you to talk about stuff. And we're going to ask about face. I've got to get used to this. I've not podcasted in a while, so you know. <laughs> as, as if we're going to stay on course anyway. Come on. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. be, just, be just listening too much to the wild, wilder ride. I think. Oh, that's so, it. <laughs> tangent central. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a loner. It's a kid. Um, in 1940, when he was 10 years old, the family finally settled uh, in Piedmont. California uh, and lived apparently in a very wealthy part of the town. They had a swimming pool, uh, belonged to a country club. Each parent had their own car, and he got his first car aged fifteen. Fucking fifteen, yeah. Hell. yeah. it's not yeah. bad going, is it? Being fifteen, got your own car. I never would have trusted. I never would have trusted myself at fifteen. Mm-hmm. Honest, but... No chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I trust myself now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, of course, he could travel. So now being able to travel uh, opened up a whole new world to him. He travelled into San Francisco and L.A. And this is where he discovered jazz clubs. Um, mm-hmm. He was already a big jazz fan due to the records that his family were playing at home. And he saw loads of bands and artists, and these included Charlie Parker, which, of course, he went on to direct Bird in 1988, uh, which I've got to admit is a film I think I've only seen about twice. Have you seen Bird? <laughs> Uh, and it comes the first embarrassing moment. <laughs> um, I've seen little bits of it. Um, it just didn't appeal to me, and I don't know why. Mm. I think because it, it wasn't your standard Eastwood affair for yeah. me back then. Yeah, because I'd have been twelve years old, you know, and I was more into, you know, uh, we just had like, Heartbreak Ridge and stuff like that. And obviously, oh yeah, I was more into the action side of things. So yeah. yeah. So in short, no. <laughs> 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 uh, but... You know what? There's a couple. There's there's a couple that he's directed that I've not seen. How about that? I know, but you've separ- you've certainly seen the majority, whereas I feel I haven't. But I just I'm going to treat it that you're my teacher, Dave. That's what it's oh. going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm the little tiny student in the corner. That's it. I shall give you homework to wait. do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you get anything wrong, if you over east, by the way, not you, Dave. So. <laughs> Just for a few minutes, you got me excited. <laughs> uh, is that blood pumping again? Is that funny area? <laughs> 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 oh my god! <laughs> It was, uh, uh, I forget, totally forgotten where I was there. <laughs> it was you pumping uh, my blood that uh, totally took me off track. I was, I was pulling on your magnum. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. I've got no idea. Right, carry on. Uh, go, I, I definitely couldn't fire five shots, never mind six, that's for sure. 
excellent. Uh, yeah, it was, and it was jazz. Here we go. We're on about jazz, not oh, jazz. Yeah, yeah. we've gone from jazz to jazz. <laughs> that's it. Jeez. He, was a, he was a jizz fan. <laughs> it was. <laughs> There was a link after all. Girl, he's not taking as long as it. (laughs) (laughs) I think basically he likes the ladies. We we, we can agree on that one. Yeah, it is because yeah, yeah, I mean, this opened up the world of female attention to him. Uh, Now, apparently, he liked the more petite, smaller lady. Um, the The shortest lady that he dated was was four for eight. Which is like nearly two. You know, I was like a midget. (laughs) (laughs) And he had nicknames for them. He used to call them. Some of the names he used to call them were little dollies, (gasps) shrimps, and this is my personal favourite, spinners. (laughs) Spinners. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) What did he used to do? They played helicopters with them. (laughs) I I could use my imagination on that one most definitely. Clint and his little spinners. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was not. He was never been too comfortable talking, which is something again, which from his youth he took into his acting career very often. You know, cutting lines out of films. Um, and he was at a party apparently, and he was just on the outside of everything that was happening. So he just sat at the piano um, that was there in the room, played a little ragtime music, and then the piano was suddenly surrounded by females. And this is when his womanizing kicked off. And, yes. and his mum, in an interview that I watched the other day, uh, said that girls were always after him. Mm. Mm. Oh, he was a good-looking guy, though, wasn't he? Very good-looking. And, yeah. and we've said, you know, off-air as well, haven't we? It's one of those things, like most men, especially during the 70s and into the 80s, that men either, you know, men wanted to be him, women wanted to be yeah. with him. Well, I, I like to think that I'm the English version, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Can you play piano as well? Could you do that? I can play guitar. Oh, that's is that good enough? Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly good with the G string. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, had to go there. <laughs> Get a funny looks from a girlfriend here at the moment. <laughs> she said, "I thought you were going to talk about Clint Eastwood." Oh, isn't it nice to think she's uh, is about Clint Eastwood? But the fact she's sitting here listening to us is fantastic. Yeah, so. yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And all she's heard you going about is jizz and yeah. blood flowing everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm in the doghouse. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. She's totally on my. She, she's totally on my wavelength here. She loves it. Oh, that's, that's great. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, then he had loads of jobs. I uh, didn't know what he wanted to do. Apparently, he had jobs including a paper carrier, a grocery clerk, firefighter, golf caddy. Uh, but in 1951, he was drafted into the military. And the Korean War was happening at that time, but he didn't serve any time over there. Most of his time in the military was at Fort Ord, where he was a lifeguard at the pool. And if you like Google early Clint Eastwood, there were so many pictures of him in swimming trunks. It's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Many of which have been swapped between us. It <laughs> 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 um, was at the swimming pool where he bumped into a young actor called David Jansen. And Clint. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know my brain's going on this one. <laughs> uh, Clint, yeah, okay. Yeah. What did he do? He, he, he bumped into it. That's, that's better. Bumped. 
<laughs> it's like at the beginning, we were warned to make sure that we pronounced the Clint cast properly. Yes. As uh, we did have some listeners that would hope there would be no N in it and it would be a different kind of podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I did say you'd be the perfect host for, mate, if it was that. <laughs> Me or you? Yeah, or you, if it's going to be the clip oh, yeah. mate. It had to be you. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was the other C word we're talking about. It's definitely me. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, he bumped, he, he bumped into David Jansen. Uh, and he pulled him over. Pulled him over, not off. Jesus, <laughs> what's going on Jesus. here? This is supposed to be the informative part before we get on to the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, serious. People, Come on. People serious. tuning in going, oh my word, there's, a, there's, a, there's an educational Clint Eastwood podcast coming out at last. <laughs> oh, hey, this is educational. It still is. So it is. It's, it still honestly. is. We just have our own particular way of, get, of, getting, the, of getting the information across. I'd, Absolutely. Uh, it'd be too boring. If, if everything was serious, nah. it'd be far too boring, wouldn't it? Uh, no, exactly. yeah. no, you've totally. got to be. You've got to be yourself. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, he pulled him over at the pool because it, uh, apparently David Jansen was smoking. He was trying for the swimming team and he pulled him over. And it was David who okay. recommend uh, that Clint go to Universal Studios and try his luck there. So uh, that's quite interesting because obviously being the actor, obviously, mm. but you don't. Who do you know who ever sort of bumps into an actor and gets that said to them? You know, it just doesn't happen, does it? No, no, it happens rarely. Yeah, there's a whole series yeah. of you know, right place, right time, all that kind of thing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Uh, his initial contract with Universal was in April 1954. It was a six-month contract, and he got seventy-five dollars a week. Which I don't know. Is that a lot for 1954? Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? I you would think say. So. Yeah. yeah, you think it wouldn't be too bad. So. Too bad money. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then in May '54, he made his first real audition for Six Bridges to Cross, but was rejected. His first audition, he got rejected, mate. Which mm, it's like loads of bands, isn't it? You know, bands go for record yeah. deals and they get turned down. It's all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, they tend to hang those letters on, the, hang those letters on the wall, don't they? I think didn't famously the Beatles got turned down, didn't they? And um, yeah, yeah. Just use it as inspiration, don't they? Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and he had quite a few unsuccessful auditions, uh, but eventually he was given a minor role by director Jack Arnold in Revenge of the Creature, which, of course, is the uh, the sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Now, have you seen Revenge of the Creature, his first showing on film? Uh, again, some of it. I think so I posted up that picture tonight of that box set I've got, mm. um, and it is amongst that. And I know I've watched it, or I've certainly seen his scenes on YouTube, I yeah. believe. Uh, but I've never again watched it all the way through. I don't know why, but um, again, I will get I will get to see them at some point. Yeah, when I, so, and yeah. these these early ones, he's not enough for long anyway. You know, it's just yeah, it, it'd be difficult to cover a whole. Sorry, it'd be, yeah, it'd be difficult to cover a whole podcast on it, wouldn't it? You know. So. Yeah, and I think this is why we decided to start with Fistful yeah. of Dollars. And I know there's people probably screaming and going, well, what about Rawhide? But I think if you're going to do Rawhide, that is a whole podcast Good. series in itself, just to cover it. Got to do every episode. You've got yeah. to, haven't you? You'd yeah. have to do every episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So we're going to we're gonna concentrate on the movies and we'll leave. We'll leave somebody else to do the Rawhide stuff if they want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're into now September 1954. Yeah, he's worked for three weeks on Lady Godiva of Coventry. 
won a role in February 55 playing Jonesy, a sailor in Francis in the Navy, uh, which I know is in that box set that you've got. And I've got an order and I think it should be coming tomorrow because I've never seen that. Ooh. I've never seen that film. So oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he also appeared uncredited in Tarantula, which I have got and seen quite a few times, actually, because it's like a 50s monster movie, and I love those, uh, where yeah. he played a squadron pilot, not for the last time, because, of course, he's going to be a pilot in Firefox that I mentioned. That was the first film I saw at the yeah, cinema uh, with my dad. So which is the movie I've seen him in where it's a black and white one, and he's I'm pretty sure he's standing in some sort of scientist white gown or something, or overall, or he's um, a doctor of some sort? Yeah, that's Revenge that of the Creature, where he's got the, oh, is that one? Yeah, he's got the white yeah, rat in his pocket, yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, okay, that's that. Mm. Yep. Uh, in May '55, he put four hours work into the film Never Say Goodbye, and had a ma- minor uncredited role as a ranch hand. This is his first western appearance. Uh, in 1955, mm. with Lawman, uh, also known as Star in the Dust. Now, like I said, it's his first western role, and we know like an important, you know, how important he is to the western genre all through his career. He was like, you know. There's people that associate, you know, John Wayne as the big Western yep. guy, but I mean, Clint Eastwood, come on, the Westerns that he See, made. See, because of my era growing up, I always think of Eastwood first yep. when it comes to Westerns. Me too. It's funny, isn't it? And then yeah. obviously I think that before then it was, uh, yeah, John Wayne. And then was it Gary Cooper as well? Before yeah. that, that ran that sort of yeah, era as well. Yeah. yeah. And even Jimmy Stewart to a certain degree, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. And Gary Cooper, yeah. you know, Clint was a big Gary fan Cooper. of Gary Cooper, yeah. 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 Uh, weird as well with all these Westerns that Clint was allergic to horses. And it's like, no, I did not. So bizarre. It's that, I mean, that's like being a porn actor and being allergic to women, it's, isn't it? It's like, you know. Just just got to do it. Yeah. You've got to ride them. Just you know, get you, you know you're going to itch afterwards, but you've just got to ride them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know which one I prefer to be having sex with. <laughs> <laughs> the horse. That's okay. Definitely. <laughs> Size does matter. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I snorted oh. then. Uh, yeah, you never... <laughs> you, snorted, you snorted like a horse. <laughs> By the way, Dave is not, not, he's not bent over in front of me right now, just to be clear. So. <laughs> That's only because you're allergic to me. That's a... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, Universal presented him with his first t- TV role uh, in on July the 2nd, 1955, on NBC's Allen in Movieland, which starred comedian Steve Allen, actor Tony Curtis, and swing musician Benny Goodman. Uh, and although he continued to develop as an actor, Universal terminated his contract on October the 23rd, 1955. Mm. Mm. Uh, he played Tom. Uh, in 1956 in Star in the Dust. He joined the Marsh Agency and they landed him his biggest role today in the first Travelling Sales Lady in 1956 in which he had his first on-screen kiss. You know what? I can't think... He does have on-screen kisses throughout his career. But I can't think of a lot of them. Can you? They don't. It's not something that springs to mind. No, I'm just thinking Heartbreak Ridge possibly at the bar. Yeah. Um, uh, play Misty for me, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's not. He's, yeah, not very often. Many. Bridges of Madison County. There's, there's but there's not a lot. There are not a lot. In fact, is there any in in the Line of Fire? Is there any in that I'm, with um, what's her face? 
I can't uh, remember. I mean, this is this may be something this we could keep a track of as we go through the film. Yeah, it's all right. Yes. Yeah. Clint's kisses. Yes. <laughs> uh, be, be sure to put Clint. Be sure to put Clint. <laughs> yes. Don't don't do a mistype putting that into Google. <laughs> so it'd make no difference to your search history, though, would it? Really? Come on. <laughs> nah, not really. No, not really. No. Uh, um, yeah. Upon the advice of. Um, Irving Leonard, who was his first financial advisor, he changed talent agencies uh, and in 1956, and he joined uh, Mitchell Gertz in 1957. He's landed sm several small roles, uh, one being a temperamental army officer for a segment of ABC's Reader's Digest series, and as a motorcycle gang member on a Highway Patrol episode. And he rides bikes in quite a few films as well, you know, I know. And that was something that he was into. I know I sent you a link to, it was like a UK interview from 1970 that was on YouTube. And I think he ends it by saying that he was going to jump on his Norton and go into town and buy a sandwich or something. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we hope it was a bike when he said jump on Norton. It wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it was just like a nickname for somebody. Uh, <laughs> uh in 1958, played a Navy lieutenant in a segment of Navy uh, Log. Uh, and in early 59, he made a notable guest appearance on Mag Maverick opposite James Garner as a cowardly villain intent on marrying a rich girl for money. Uh, he had a small part as an aviator in the French picture. This, oh, here we go. Lafayette Escadrille. I think that's pretty good. Oh, very right. good. Thank you. Mm, and uh, yeah. yeah, we'll say that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and he played a major yeah. role as an ex-renegade of the Confederacy in Ambush at Cimarron Pass, a film which Eastwood <laughs> says is the lowest point of his career. He really, he, and in quite a few interviews, he really bashes Ambush at Cimarron Pass and says it is absolutely terrible. Um, but his career, his career hasn't been all high. It's like anything, you know, and we likened it to bands, um, other, yeah. other actors. You know, no matter, there's hardly anybody that, are at the top of their game all the way through a career, and especially a career that's lasted as long as his has as well. You know, it's no, but I mean, again, it, the margins are is there's more good than there is bad. So yeah, oh, by a long way. Thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think even yeah. the low points, yeah. you know, even a bad Clint Eastwood movie is still a good movie compared to a lot of them out there at the moment. Oh, God. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's the big break. 1958 was the big break. He was cast as Rowdy Yates for the CBS hour-long Western series, Rawhide. But he wasn't happy with the character, and he was almost like 30 now. You know, he's, and, uh, He said that Rowdy was too young and too cloddish for him to feel comfortable with the part. Uh, and, and he looked older as well, didn't he? He did. You go back and look. Yeah, when you yeah. look back and you think, oh, you look younger than, well, if it's 1958, it'd be 28. And you think, yeah. you look you know, older than 28. <laughs> uh, so filming began. Too many women. Too many, well, it, too many spinners, mate. All that spinning took it out of him, which was... <laughs> maybe he's spinning on his head, <laughs> the wrong head. <laughs> That's why he's only six foot two now. That's what wore him down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a spy, it's like a Superman movie. You know, when he spins around, he goes underground. <laughs> He'd be too too much of that with the ladies. <laughs> Hence why he's now just six foot two. <laughs> I keep looking round. Keep looking round. Thinking they're getting whacked by the missus. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it took uh, it took three weeks for Rawhide to reach the top twenty in the TV ratings. Uh, it never won an Emmy, but was a huge success, and it reached its peak at number six in the ratings between October sixty and April sixty one. And he said the yep. Rawhide years, which was fifty nine to sixty five, were some of the most grueling of his career. Filming six days a week, an average of twelve hours a day. Uh, but he still got criticism apparently from some directors who said he wasn't working hard enough. Which. Mm. Mm, Okay. And now, by late 63, Rawhide was in its decline, uh, and it lacked freshness in the script, and it was cancelled in the middle of the 65 to 66 season. And it, by now, he'd made his first attempt at directing, and he filmed several trailers for Rawhide, but he couldn't convince the producers to let him direct an episode, which is like now, when you think of his directing career, you think, yeah. oh, they missed a trick there as well, didn't they, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but he did he did use this to his advantage because the show had got like loads of directors during its run and he sat and took advantage of you know the ex- expertise that they brought and he'd sit and talk to each one and just glean little bits of information for each of them which he then took forward into his own acting career acting directing career which I think you can say and he's, he's a laid back director everybody that's worked with him go oh, yeah he's yeah. really laid back isn't he sort of you know one and two takes he doesn't say action he doesn't say cut he just lets the scene begin he just lets it end naturally and and then it's on to on to the next scene and and then everybody I've, says don't they you're finished yeah. by like if it's late afternoon it's a late finish on a Clint Eastwood film <laughs> I think you're literally shit scared to make a mistake. That's probably what it is. But no, no I mean, I've, I've, I've loads of people like Tom Hanks. I've heard talking about him. Just everyone I've sort of done looked at these little um, YouTube videos. Everyone says what a genuine guy he is, and you just want to. Pl- they, everyone feels like they want to please him and get it right. Yeah. They've got so much respect for him. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And he lets you get on. He lets you act. He. he so I can't remember who it was, but someone said he makes you think. He doesn't tell you how to act, but he makes you. Um, he, he directs the scene rather than mm. the actors. I think that's what they were saying. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. 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 Makes you think that you're doing what you want to do, but really he's sort of kind of steering you in the right direction. He, yeah. but like I says, he employs, he employs good actors to act. He, he doesn't want to tread on their toes, you know? So, well, that's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's yeah. employed those actors for a reason. He likes the work. Yeah. He just lets them do what they do, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was someone else. Who was it? Someone said he, uh, he, there was someone who was worried. I can't it annoys me. I don't know who it was, but they were saying that they were worried they didn't quite get the take right, and uh, they went to Eastwood to ask. And he just his reply was literally, um, "Well, if you think it was okay, then you know, do you think do you think it was okay or something like that?" And just by that alone, they knew it wasn't good enough, you know. So yeah. Or I think it was. I think it was. Do you think you'd like to do that shot again? You know, things like that. And he's, <laughs> I think he's a genuine guy, though. But it's how he worded things, and everyone was very calm around him on set. And that's everyone. Go and look. I don't think there's anyone in the industry who's got a bad word to say, from what I can see. Yeah, yeah. The on-set stuff is just apparently really, really laid back. Yeah, which, you know, it'd be great. Really, really good. Oh, yeah. Off, yeah, yeah. Don't get started with the offset stuff. That me. Oh, no. <laughs> offset yeah. stuff. Oh, no. They're all after yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rawhide it comes to an end, and he began by earning $750 an episode. And by the time it had finished, he, he received $119,000 an episode as severance pay. So, from $750 yeah, an episode, that, that is huge money. Huge. I mean, even now, huge money. That, you know, huge. that's pretty good money. Well, I. I'm wondering, that must be near, uh, what's this, mid-50s? No, was it? Getting late, off of... late 60s. Well, mid-60s. It's got, to be a half, it's got to be about half a million, isn't it? Something like that, must maybe. be there. I mean, from 50 more years ago, yeah. You'd think it'd be about uh, half a million. More than that. Yeah. 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 Which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. But, you know. 
And uh, yeah, one nice little uh, fact is the boots that he wore in Rawhide are the boots that he wore in Unforgiven. So they've sort of bookended his Western career, which I think is a nice little touch. Awesome. Yeah. And he's got, by all accounts, he's got a lot. He keeps a lot of stuff. He's got those boots. He's got the poncho from the Dollars films. Um, I think he said he's got Magnum from the Dirty Harry movies. And he's got quite a few things because I watched an interview and the interviewer said... Oh, where'd you keep all of these? And he wouldn't tell him. <laughs> He's not going to let anybody know where he keeps all of this stuff. Because imagine if he yeah. said, oh, yeah, they're in the house. I mean, instant target <laughs> for somebody to try and rob him of all of that yeah. stuff. But you think yeah. that there's some, you think of all the films and the iconic thing, like the poncho and the magnum and so on. Yeah. Oh, God, just absolutely incredible collector's material there. You what, know, what, about, what, 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 what about the orangutan? Clyde, where's he kept? He's got he's got stuff, stuff. stuffed in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'd like to think he does keep him in his car for those right turns and just like flicks the orangutan's <laughs> arm out, and he does say right turn. And it's funny the amount of times I don't, I don't I don't know if you're you're the same, but that that's one of those sayings that I've always used. I yeah. say it in my general day to day conversations <laughs> if someone's pissing me off a little bit i might go right turn you know it's funny how you use that in your own day-to-day it life, is isn't it you know? yeah it is yeah and he's had so many sort yeah. of catchphrases for want of a better yeah. better word hasn't he that people use you know yeah go ahead make my day was like huge you know when yeah when that came out it was used in all sorts i, I did i've mm. got now we have got like loads of notes about the relationships um but the yeah. bottom line the bottom line on it really well, obviously, the main point is spinners. Just, you know, <laughs> that he likes spinners. He's got at least eight yeah. children from six That we know of. That we know of from six different women. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if there was more of them. It would not surprise me if there's more. Because, mm. like we said, he did and does like his ladies. Um, I mean, and one of his kids, uh, Scott Eastwood, who I saw in the, the latest Transformers film, he's a double for him, isn't he? Oh, I was going to say, he looks spitting image of him, doesn't he? But younger, if you know what I mean. In, in other words, younger at his age of what Eastwood looked like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, spitting image. God, yeah. Yeah. It must be hard to be, it must be hard being Clint Eastwood's son, you know, trying to get get going in the acting world, you know, but he's done quite well, hasn't he? So. Yeah, he has done quite well. I mean, yeah. a lot of, like, sons and daughters of famous people, very often they drop the family surname, don't they, to, you know, yeah. so nobody knows, you know, drop that association. So you're not going... Because he will get all the time on it. Oh, you're Clint Eastwood's son. Instead of, oh, yeah. you're Scott Eastwood, you're Clint Eastwood's yeah. son. Which I guess must get on your nerves after a while, really. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was, like, the, some of the facts and figures of his early years. Like I said... Um, Comments and corrections are always welcome that we'll read out in the next show, just in case we Ooh. we did get anything wrong. Um, but let's let's just have... oh we love we love being told we love being told when we get things wrong. We so do we do. always yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, we do. Let's let's get down and dirty and just have a good old chinwag about Clint. Then before <clears throat> before we get on to the, you know his film stuff in the next episode um, and one stuff. I mean you and video games, mate. Obviously, people know you from the same coin and the ABC gaming show here at sixty minutes yeah. with. The, what happened to the Dirty Harry game, mate, that should have come out? <sighs> um, do, do we really know? I think there was rumblings of it back uh, the uh, mid-2000s, about 2004. There was a 360 and PS3 game mm-hmm. um, looking pretty good. But, uh, but even that seems quite late for me. There is a NES game you can play. Um, 
uh, it's called Dirty Harry, a bit of a you know, bog standard platforming shooting affair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but the one that never came out, and I know Eastwood himself was pushing it, really pushing it. Like I think I think you said to me during the week that he was going to lend his vocals to it and everything. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, but a part of me is pleased it didn't make it because mm. that just sounded like uh, there's nothing worse than a bad game. And, you know, remember that, you know, that Rambo game that come out, oh, uh, which was diabolical. Yeah. yeah. And th- th- I'd rather have no game than a crap game, if that makes sense. But, but the thought of having a real good dirty Harry game, Oh, that, that'd be amazing. Wouldn't it? That'd be oh, a good one. Yeah. yeah, would be. <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely sure what happened. I'm not entirely sure what happened, whether it spread across more systems or how far it really goes back. But that's the one I remember of, or whether there's any other video games from the past that were, were meant to come out. But I know that was the one that he and his company were really pushing for. So yeah. yeah. And you think with like it's the popularity, fun. you know, like Red Dead 2 now, you think if somebody did one based on the Dollars trilogy yeah. as well, that, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Just if it, I mean, to be fair, when I play Red Dead, I pretend I'm him anyway. If I'm honest, really, <laughs> in, 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 in the Red Dead games, I feel like Clint Eastwood. You know, like yeah. that's who you feel like you are. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I would have liked to have seen this Dirty Harry game though. I've got to admit. Oh yeah. I always thought that one thing I'd like him to make, while he still can, is I'd like him to him to direct, and Scott Eastwood to star in is a prequel to Dirty Harry set in the 1960s. Um, and I've talked to Tina about this like loads of times. And it's like, yeah, what, yeah. what, what I want is so it's like young, young Harry Callahan, and he's still married. And it's and the, the turning point is when he turns from like Harry Callahan, young police officer into Dirty Harry is when his yeah. wife gets killed by the drunk uh, the drunk driver that he references, yeah, uh, and that's when like he gets the magnum and he goes against the system because the drunk driver gets you know let off scot free, and that's the turning point of when he goes from you know good cop virtually to the fuck the system kind of cop, yeah. And I thought I'd love that to be that love that to be made of like Clint directing it and Scott Eastwood to star in it. So anybody listening to that? Uh, that wants to make it happen, get in touch with me. <laughs> we can do I'm it. absolutely amazed that's not. I'm amazed that's not happened. If I'm yeah. honest, I've never really thought about it, but I'm amazed that would be perfect, wouldn't it? Perfect. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, who who owns the rights to Dirty Harry? Well, this is it, isn't it? You know? Yeah. 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 It's not like it's not like Rocky, where he's sort of he seems to have control of the Rocky and yeah. the Creed, doesn't he? Sort of in a way, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's weird. You think it'd be Warner Brothers? Some somebody at Warner Brothers would hold the rights to it because I thought even about yeah. it's a wonder you know there hasn't been like remakes of a lot of his films as well because I thought you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a remake of Dirty Harry. You f- can't mate. Well, you can't. You, you, you can't remake that, can you? Well, I don't know. Can you? Some of the ones that have been remade, and you think, why the hell? But it'd be it would be you know you said about the Rambo video game. It'd be like remaking. Rambo, it's so tied into that one particular actor that it, it would be a tough sell. Yeah, although a prequel to Dirty Harry with his son starring as the main character, mm. you could, I could go with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, he's like it's been like referenced in pop culture, in songs, and mm. and everything, hasn't he? You know, when you start digging deep mm. into it, there's so many references to Clint Eastwood that maybe you don't even know about. You know, as you're going through regular life, and you're thinking, you know, there was a list of all these songs that is, it, you know, gets mentioned in one particular one yeah. by the Gorillas is, you know, the big one. Um, yeah. But th- there's just loads, isn't there? And you linked as well, didn't you, to yeah. um, was it the top ten Clint Eastwood references in pop culture? 
Yeah. There's some amazing ones there. You know, like I said, yeah, the first single release from the debut album was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's the, you know, there's it references the theme music from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Uh, and there's their second album followed it up with the single Dirty Harry. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, big Clint yeah, Eastwood Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And in, even in video games as well, I think in um, Retro City Rampage, that sort of riffs on a lot of different characters, but he, he's one of those characters in there as well. There's yeah. a game called Dirty Larry on the NES as well, uh, <laughs> which is uh, clearly riffing on it, but it's a crap game. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah but, but again, yeah, he, he's, you could, he's one of those people that you could tell just by a silhouette, couldn't you, who it is. And, oh, yeah. 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 In more than one role. And how many actors do you know who have... I mean, how would you say? I mean, you've obviously got yeah, the Man with No Name, yeah, the trilogy. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got your Dirty Harry. But you could argue he's actually got... Um, what's his character name in uh, the two Clyde movies? Oh, oh Philo Bedo. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, he's got three. He's got three got characters three. there, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. And who else, who else does that? The only one I could think of probably is Harrison Ford. Because you've got Indy. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Han Solo, and then what's the last one? The last one is I thought it's day. Oh, Jack Ryan. He played Jack Ryan twice, yeah. didn't he as well? And you've got Stallone, Rocky, Rocky Rambo, and Expanders. Stallone, Rocky. Yeah. Exactly. There's there's very few though mm. who actually can do that, and to be a top notch director and producer at the same time, and a musician. <laughs> I think he's the he's the real deal. He's the he alpha is. male of all alphas. He yeah, is, isn't right, he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so it was, was it then through your dad, like me, that, that got you into Clint then? Is that how you sort of discovered him? Not particularly. Oh, no. I, how I, did you I, discover I, him? Just, it's, it has to be, because I was born sort of the mid, well, mid 1976. So I clearly wouldn't have seen his, uh, I wouldn't have seen his um, uh, Dirty Harry stuff till much later. Hmm. So my, my earliest memories would have been in the mid eighties and uh, always running on TV were, you know, any which way you can, any which way, but loose were those films. Bronco Billy, I remember, it's just, I remember seeing him, but I, but I remember knowing him through films like Heartbreak Ridge growing up. It's more just about his 80s output for me growing up yeah. is what I knew him through. Before I really kind of knew about Dirty Harry, obviously a bit later on in the 80s, I then started watching all of his films going back as well. But you know, then I learned about Rawhide and stuff. I didn't know about Rawhide as a kid. You know, mm. I just didn't know. Um, but the reason I mentioned my dad is because when I told him that we were going to be doing this podcast, he, it's more about him saying to me that uh, he is my favourite actor of all time. Mm. He said, you can't underestimate when the Dollars movies come out, you cannot explain to someone what a changer, what a game changer those movies were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it because I wasn't there when it happened. But, you know, he said, it. yeah, it was something, it was like something else. You know, it's just, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but for me, but it's just all of this stuff. And then going through later on as well, I, I've always kept on top of his movies, you know, pretty much. But although there's loads I haven't seen. I've got many favourites from the 80s and 90s. I mean, The Rookie in 1990 with Charlie Sheen. That was a big one for me. Um, and then all of his ones. What was it? Blood Work. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was fantastic. In the, in the Line of Fire before then. Yeah. Just I've loved all this stuff going through the 80s. And then even the 2000s. Was that, that was, when it? Blood Work, 2000s, I think. Oh, um, was, it, was it just before? It was round about there, wasn't could, it? 99, that's what time. 2002, Blood Work. Yeah, mm. and what was that? Was that the one with Gene Hackman, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, and then straight after that was the he hit it big again, didn't he? After that was Million Dollar Baby, yeah. and that was that was. Oh, huge. that! I I'm not I, I cry at that film. It's just a fantastic <laughs> movie. It's, oh my god, mate, it's amazing. Yeah. And then obviously Gran Torino. I mean, really, I just kept with it. 
as it, all the way along. But I've got a lot going backwards that I haven't seen so much of, you know, or yeah. I've seen bits of. But he's always been a part of it. He, I, I've, I've kind of always looked up to him. Really, he's he's just there's something so cool and unassuming, and he, he seems so powerful for saying very little. You just wouldn't fuck around with him, would you? He's just oh, he's got that about him, a mysterious, very mysterious guy. And yeah. as I say, Pale Rider is my favorite um, western of his, actually. I just well, I must have seen that film 50 times. Just I think it might be sometimes your favorite films are some of the first you see of somebody, yeah. And yeah. Pale Rider was the first western I'd ever seen him in, so um, yeah, and you can't forget Unforgiven either, can you? So, yeah. oh god, no. Yeah, yeah. What about yourself, then, mate? Yeah, say so, you know, it's like my dad introduced me to him, and I think it it must have been. I mean, I can't remember the first film that we watched on television together. I would, you know, I take a guess. It was probably one of the Dollars films that you know he sat yeah. me down and we and we watched them. But I do remember vividly going to watch uh, Firefox at the cinema, and he he gave me the book first to read. <laughs> so I read the book first, and then we went to the cinema. And watched it, and I put on Instagram today on the sixty minutes with Instagram. I've got the Japanese poster for Firefox as well, uh, oh. which does need to be framed because it's a bit sort of creased up. <laughs> I do need, I do need to frame it. But I'd, I'd say my most, my most watched Clint Eastwood film is definitely Dirty Harry, uh, and that yeah. I remember when video came out. Now, and this is going to be hard for a lot of people to believe, you know especially this generation now that have grown up, you know, with a smartphone and they just push, you know, touch the screen and they can get a film or they can get an album or a video game, you know, in seconds and watch it or play it. I mean, back then, I mean, you know, three channels on television and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, suddenly we went to four when Channel 4 came out in the the early 80s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was either, if you wanted to watch something, you either had to wait for it to come onto television or you went to the cinema to watch it. And that was the only two choices. And with not many TV channels, you know, you were really pushed for stuff to watch. So when VHS came out, it was, you know, it was such a huge game changer in the way that you could sort of consume films. And I've always been like a film nut, you know, and I collect films. I've collected collected films on video, um, on Laserdisc, on DVD, Blu-ray, and now I'm on like 4K Blu-ray and collect them all on that. So when video yeah. come out, and my dad was, you know, a bit of a tech tech head, and that's where I've got it from. You know, he liked tech. He liked, you know, he was early buying a computer and getting into computer games and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. So he was early with video, and he was he sort of even predated VHS and Betamax, and he got a Philips. Betamax two- and all that, yeah. Yeah, he got Philips 2000, which was before that. And these, the tapes on these, mate, they they made a house brick look small and, you know, you'd put them in and we'd record stuff off the television and that. But then when he got a VHS player, um, you know, we're taping films off the TV, which was cool. Uh, but the first video rental store opened up, but it was 20 miles away from us. So it was a 40 mile round trip to rent a film. And if I remember rightly, it was like five pound for a week. That you could have it and we drove it was in chester mm. and he drove and I remember now and i can still picture what it was like inside this little video rental shop 40 mile round trip we drove there this very first time he joined up and the first film that we rented was dirty harry and we kept it for a week and we watched it so many times <laughs> during that week yeah. and we loved it so much i mean my dad had seen it but it was like my first viewing that when we took it back 
we rented it out for another week immediately and took it back home again. So I've seen. Isn't it amazing the effort? Isn't it? You, yeah, isn't it amazing the effort you had, you had to make back in those days. Oh, then? Crazy, We're the same for me growing up in the eighties. Yeah, but you appreciate stuff more because of that. Yeah, back then you know. Oh yeah, you do. And I know another thing that we'll get into, you know, when we start talking about the films as well, is for years and years and years, that was like my reference point for Dirty Harry. That was Dirty Harry. And then I watched the uncut version because I didn't know that it was cut. And this this starts, right, this even starts in the first film that we're going to be talking about, with A Fistful of Dollars. For so many years I watched it and knew it inside out and could recite every line. And then I found out it was cut cut <laughs> there was more violence in it and then even later yeah. after that i found out that you know these special editions were released of the dollars trilogy with even more footage put in that had been revoiced in later years and put in and were even longer still so i've sort of discovered the dollars trilogy three times watched them originally then watched the uncut versions and then watched these newer versions with even more footage put in so yeah so uh, with, with, i think we've got the same blu-ray set of uh, Dirty Harry and the mm-hmm. trilogy, I'm pretty yeah, sure. So I suppose we want to watch the same ones, don't we? When yeah, we watch, we'll watch it again. the same ones, definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah, but in Dirty Harry, it's where he gets, the big one was where he gets beaten up, where, you know, Scorpio gets beaten up. You know, he's tied to the chair. Yeah. And, you know, there's quite a bit of violence cut from that. <laughs> I was like, I remember getting yeah. this version one time and going, holy hell, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. And um, I did meet Andrew Robinson in uh, 1991. He was. A, I was at a Fangoria Weekend of Horrors in Detroit, and he was a guest there. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, it was during like the Hellraiser era, and that's why he was there for the Hellraiser film. Oh yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk to him about Dirty Harry, and he was saying, and he'd, he'd got nothing but good things to say about Clint Eastwood. He said, you know, he, he, he knew he was talking about. Yeah, just to be clear. Oh yeah. He, yeah. he was just asking about some random dude who, who's meant to be at the show. <laughs> Where is this Dirty Harry? Yeah, I need to meet him around the back in ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was yeah that that was after the uh, after the convention had finished just looking <laughs> did he ask you to meet him in the back passage <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, he was uh, i mean andrew robinson himself you know he was he was really nice friendly got pictures taken with him got his autograph and all this kind of stuff but he was saying like clint on set was like really good uh, and he told a story of how um, one of the people working on the film, uh, they were they were offset, and th- these guys come, um, you know, street ruffians came towards them, wanting you know, it caused a bit of trouble. Yeah. And then Clint came around the corner, and just like <laughs> just stood and looked at them, and he said that the these uh, I think it's like about three of these gang members turned around, saw it was Clint Eastwood. And just ran away. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Because like you he said, he had that about him. Didn't oh, he? just yeah. a look, mate. He's got, and he does yeah. it in a lot of. He does it in a lot of the films, doesn't he? The look where yeah. you go, absolutely. Not going to mess with you. Not when you give that yeah. look. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was that. You know, that's how I sort of got into him. And um, yeah, just just brought up by my dad watching them. Yeah, because uh, you know, I just think it's it's funny how you sort of. Um, you have certain films that you seem to watch more than others in it. It's like, I, I've do, seen yeah. one of my other favorites is escape from Alcatraz. I absolutely love that film and I've seen it so many times. It's a yeah. cracking film. You um, see, I'd say I've seen that five times. 
Yeah, probably the same here. Maybe even more, actually. I don't know yeah. why. I've, I always like a prison movie. I've yeah. always liked that, the escaping type thing, you know. Um, and then uh, what was the one where he was trying to get the um, the guy out? Uh, he was falsely accused of murdering someone. Um, true Blood? No, True Blood. Uh, See, now these, these are the later ones that I've not seen yeah. as many times. When you get into, like, True Crime, yeah. um, Space Cowboys, Blood Work, those ones, I yeah. haven't seen that many times. I've not, I- I've not seen Space Cowboys. It just didn't appeal to me for some reason. Mm. And in fact, that's a, was that the one and only time he worked with um, James Garner? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, it does get slated a lot. I know a lot of people slate that. Pink Cadillac's another one that a lot of people slate as a really bad one. Yeah, I've seen that, and I can't remember too much about that. But mm. yeah, um, it'd be just great when it's seeing what we think of him, you know? <laughs> but actually now... It's yeah, like, it's like revisiting, because... Yeah. One yeah. that I've never really been a huge fan of, uh, and I, I think I've seen it oh, twice, maybe twice, three times at most, is um, Joe Kidd. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward. To, oh, I'm looking forward to revisiting it, mate, just to see. Yeah. You know, I might think something completely different because it's so long since I've watched it that I could watch it now and go, oh, "That's a lot better than I thought it was going to be." It's just a different pair, different pair of eyes, isn't it? When you watch it, yeah. Somebody, oh, yeah. it is, yeah. And I like to think we've grown up slightly as well. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Coming from so far, I don't think we have, mate. No, not really not. <laughs> You're having a laugh at you. I'm being yeah. serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Rawhide then. You know, obviously, we're not going to go through all of that. Because like you said, it, it's a podcast where you've got to go through every episode. Um, I've, I mean, Tina bought I'm... me a good few years ago the box set of season one of Rawhide, which... For years, we've kept saying, we'll have to go through those and watch them. I've seen, you know what? I've watched. Uh, go on. Have you? No, I've, li- I've literally only watched half an hour of the first, well, the first episode, pretty much. That's all yeah. I've ever watched. And I actually quite enjoyed it. I really <laughs> did. Uh, yeah. I think maybe I've watched two episodes in total. I've seen bits and bobs, you know, when they've been on the TV and that. Yeah. But. Because he played second. He was like the second main star, wasn't he? He was, yeah. That? Yeah, he was. And what was the other guy's name again? Sorry, I can't remember. Oh, uh, I do Whoever know. it is. Yeah. But was he not, was that guy not put forward for something that Clint Eastwood eventually got in the movies? Ooh, now that. There means... is some, I will find that out because I'm pretty sure one of the documentaries I was watching is that he, the guy, the other guy in it turned this thing down that Clint Eastwood ended up taking on. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that so I'll know for next time because that's, I remember thinking at the time, thinking, wow, he missed a trick, the other guy, because oh, it's God. quite a yeah. big move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But that's another thing, isn't it? You know, with like roles in movies and, you know, getting parts that you weren't originally cast for in the opposite way. Yeah. I mean, because Dirty Harry, Frank Sinatra was, was one Could actor. Could you was going to be Dirty I'm... Harry. Yeah. I mean, he's got a bit of it. He's got a gangster aura to him, obviously, and that's his connections as well. But it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't no, be the same as no. Eastwood. But, but what also I like the idea about covering all these films is actually the actual cast as well. Yeah. Members, oh, yeah. And little rabbit trails we can go down. Because when I was a kid, like in the mid, like going up in the 80s, uh, it, I, it was always Jeffrey Lewis and Sandra Locke. I just felt like it was yeah, those two yeah. continuously in every film he did. But obviously it wasn't. I think they were in six films together, I think, Sandra Locke mm-hmm. with Clint Eastwood. Uh, I'm not sure about Jeffrey Lewis, but I, 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 it seemed that he was in every film of his. But obviously it wasn't like that. But. Maybe it's just it was always rerunning on TV. Yeah, but he did, yeah. like you say, he did have his group of actors because you know when. Yeah. And another thing we'll get into, you know, as we go through the movies and that is, you know, when he founded Malpaso, you know, his, his own production company, 
He did that so early on. He, he did. was so clever. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. He, he did. Exactly what yeah. He, yeah. And, you know, he did keep, you know, this core group. Not only of people in front of the camera, though, it was behind the yeah. camera as well. You know, people yeah. that he was confident with, you know, with working with and people that he knew would do the job, you know, so... Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, he kept all of those. That's a whole other thing that we can get into. As, yeah, you know, totally. As we go along as well. Uh, but yeah, with the, the whole Dirty Harry thing was with Frank Sinatra. Apparently, Dirty Harry, and again, this is some facts and figures we'll go into when we do get into that. Um, but it was written for an older man, like Clint was 41 when he originally played yeah. him. And it was written for a guy, I think they, they actually said he was 57. Now, when Clint, Which would have been Frank Sinatra, wouldn't it? I which suppose. would have been Frank Sinatra, yeah. yeah. And it was a yeah. year younger than Clint was when he last played Dirty Harry. You know, so he eventually yeah. got to the age that he was, you know, was going to be. Uh, and I read as well um, that Clint uh, was originally going to play... Uh, John McClane in in Die Hard. Oh wow! Which would totally flip that film around as well. It would be a completely different type of film. Yeah, it's one of those things you can't imagine it being someone else other than um, Bruce Willis mm. for some reason. It wouldn't be. I don't know. It's a thick guy, Eastwood. Even back there, even I think he's a thick guy now, isn't he? Yeah. To be fair for his age, but but you can't imagine him doing the same. What would he have been in eighty eight? He would have been. He'd have been fifty eight. He couldn't have been doing the stuff that. Bruce Willis. Why are you saying that? He was. He, was, he, was, he must have about fifty. Heartbreak. Richie must have been about that yeah, sort of age. 50. He was still taking yeah. his top Fit off. Fucker. Wasn't yeah. he in so many films? God. Even into his sixties, yeah. he'd take his top yeah. off, and he'd still be yeah. in shape because you know he's always you know looked after himself. Yeah. Uh, maybe he could have. Yeah. They're gonna be starting Bruce Willis. He's a twat. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> Sorry. Just, you see him in interviews, mate. It's just so. Oh, oh it's cringeworthy. Yeah. Miserable. Oh yeah. yeah. And I remember in the 80s as well, um, when they first started going on about a Judge Dredd film. And I remember I bought 2000 AD, the, you know, the comic over here in the yep. UK. I bought it from issue one. And I was a big fan of it. And of course, I was a big fan of Judge Dredd. And then it came into the 80s and there was, there was talk then of a Judge Dredd movie. And Clint Eastwood was always one of the first names that people wanted to play Judge Dredd. And I think he would have been perfect for it then as well. He'd got, yeah. you know, the, the luck and, you know, just yeah. that stoicness and he could just talk you know talk how you think judge dread would talk and you're know, just using as few words as possible and be physically imposing as well absolutely yeah. but then uh stallone ended up doing it he did do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, i've actually never i've actually never watched still haven't you oh. only because of what i've heard yeah yeah it's yeah, it's fun it's it's i don't mind yeah. it but it's not a judge dread film as it should be i mean the big thing is obviously you know he takes his helmet off, and you think, no, Judge Dredd doesn't do that. You keep the helmet on. But that's, you know, yeah. if Clint would have played him in the 80s, you know, could they have gone, oh, there's Clint Eastwood as Judge Dredd, but could they have kept the helmet on him, you know, or not? Uh, mm. I'm kind of pleased he didn't do it in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's been quite a few projects over the years that he's turned down that you think, oh, that's good, but then... There's others that he haven't, and of course he's being, you know, he's, he's getting older now, and his output has slowed down. You know, I I did think back it. Well, oh my god, eleven years ago now. Can't when, believe it. Yeah. When Gran Torino came out, I could have sworn that that was the last time that I was going to see him on the big screen in a new film. I really did. Well, I must admit the same here as well. And he's obviously doing the Mule, like you said earlier. Just come out over here. Oh no, next week, isn't it? Is it next week. Next 20... week, twenty fifth. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and is it who is it? Is it Diane West? Is it who's in it? Yeah, yeah. Is that the, yeah. Um, I just watched a little interview on those two talking about it as well. And he's not saying this is his last film either. He's not. Which is I he? think. No, I think he's, he said the press are saying it's my last film. Uh, <laughs> Which is, but I think he's saying, you know, he says, I don't know, it might be. I mean, he's 88, basically, he's saying, who knows? You yeah. know, he's not ruling it out. So, yeah. You know, if he gets the right parts, I would love to see him again on screen. I really would. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. you can't beat going to the cinema for a Clint Eastwood film. I know. The thing is, as well, and I'm sure this will happen in some of the podcasts, it'll get like a bit emotional. I get, get a bit yeah. emotional with Clint Eastwood stuff and especially with the links with my dad and everything, you know, and mm. the history you've got growing up and, in, you know, introducing him because not only did he introduce me to Clint Eastwood, it's because of him that I'm so much into, you know, cinema. You know, he took me to, well, yep. the first one I went to was Bedknobs and Broomsticks, but the the, oh, the, oh. the the film that did it for me was when he took me two nights running to watch Jaws. Oh, awesome oh yeah, and that, that was That's... it then. I was just yeah. hooked on cinema right there, yeah. right there and then. So yeah, yeah, I think it might get it might get a little bit emotional. Oh, I think episodes, you're right. Mate. You're yeah, right. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so what would you say then? Would you, can you pick if you had to pick your your favorite and least favorite Eastwood movies? Then could could you uh, narrow it down to one of each? Your favorite and your least favorite. I feel like I wouldn't be able to tell you my least favorite because I probably haven't seen it yet. Oh, good point. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. But, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't make a comment on that one. My favourite Clint Eastwood movie, that's difficult. I hate lists anyway, but um, it's, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up between three or four. Three, really. It's either Dirty Harry, okay, mm-hmm. right? Or I, say, I can't do list Dave. Dirty Harry, Pale Rider, or it would be uh, Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that, that's the three. But that's, a, that's a horrible question, mate. I'm sorry. It's a t- it is a tough yeah. one. Pale Rider's yeah. the one that you've seen the most. Um, is it? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, I must. I I reckon if I was to be honest, it would be easily twenty, thirty times, twenty, twenty-five times. Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd go for if it was favourite. It 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 flips between the two. It's Dirty Harry. See, see, I've just now thought of Gran Torino. I thought it's amazing Ooh. in that. A million dollar baby. I'll oh, fuck this list. <laughs> fuck this list up the arse. <laughs> but, uh, not having it. Not having it. <laughs> What's yours then, mate? Yeah, I think Dirty Harry or Outlaw Josie Wales. Um, yeah. But out of those, I've seen Dirty Harry by far the most yeah. uh, of Eastwood films. And. You know, they would be the most my, most iconic out of the ones I was picking. Would be Dirty Harry. Yeah, and and but also I love Play Misty for me. I thought that was a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. You know, and High Plains High Plains Drifter. That was fantastic. That was. Yeah. Yeah, there's too many. Basically, every film's his best film. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good. They're all amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it is. It's tough to pick a least favorite. I, I did. I've already mentioned like Joe Kidd. Yeah. Uh, but again, when we come back and revisit it, I could think. Oh, that's a lot better than I thought it was going to be, you know. Um, wait until, mate, and this is a, this is like after the Dollars trilogy is finished. Wait until we get to the witches. I mean, because that is a film where he was horribly miscast, and it is absolutely bonkers. You're going to right. see Clint Eastwood doing stuff that you thought you would never see him doing. Is all I'm going to say. Really? Oh my God! Yeah, it's it's weird and bizarre. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the witches. I think that's the point. I think by the time we get to the end of this whole series, our opinion may have changed. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, we did we did put that question out on Twitter as well, and we will get to that, people. I mean, we did, we've got to say as well, thank you to everybody that's contacted us because from when when we announced this series of shows, the feedback we've been getting, mate, has been incredible, mm. hasn't it? You know. Yeah, and also crazy, there is no Clint Eastwood podcast out there already. Yeah, well, none that we could find, and we both had a look, haven't we? You need to think to be, you know, um, because we're both, you know, we we both listen to the Slycast. Yeah, uh, and you know, there's other podcasts out there that concentrate on different actors and of course you got the the great the wilder ride oh, that you mate, got that's... me on to you know yeah. which is which... those guys are going to inspire me for our podcast here i'm telling you because <laughs> they are just fantastic i've just finished episode 90 today oh, wow. uh it just gets better and better those boys over there i'll give them a proper shout out at the end actually oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're going to actually have a little visit to america aren't we you and i so, we are yeah. in march yeah we're going yes. to yeah we're gonna yeah. be on with them talking about blazing saddles. Oh yeah, which will be good. Yeah, but baked yeah. beans at the ready. But, oh, definitely. You don't need baked beans, mate. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to uh, give them a proper shout out at the end of the show because they. Are That's wonderful. what I like. You know, when you think of Clint Eastwood, he's like he's totally up there, right at the top. You know, I don't get emotional about many um, actors or musicians. There's very few. Mm-hmm. But while Gene Wilder was one when he passed away, huge for me. Like yeah. Robin Williams is up there for me as well. Um, Obviously, Eastwood will be one. You've got Arnie, you've got Stallone. There's, but there's very, very few that I would actually shed a tear for. But yeah. Eastwood would definitely be one of them yeah. like for me. Massive. Um, and yeah, other people as well, like John Cleese is huge for me. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think. You know, we're talking about the Gene Wilder. There, there's no one else quite like Gene Wilder, was there? There really wasn't. Oh, yeah, God, it was no. just just fantastic um but but there's nobody like clint eastwood either is there so oh, no. no one no. nobody else at no. all it is gonna it is gonna be a sad moment you know yeah whenever he does die and it's like it, people say as well you know oh well, why'd you get a bit upset because you know you never met them you, you didn't know them but you know people like that they're such a big part of your life absolutely you know and clint eastwood and his films mean that much to me you know but a yeah. huge part of me growing up and it was, you know, you said, you know, about some of the people that passed away, you know, and you might get a bit, you know, a bit teary eyed when it happened. It was like the last one for me was Rick Mayo. Rick Mayo. Oh, do you know what? I was literally just going to say Rick Mayo. That was like yeah, heartbreaking. They're, they're part of your life. Yeah. They're, they're, some of them are absolutely part of your whole makeup and how you present yourself. Now, with Eastwood, I do, I mean, we might laugh and joke, but the, the way he holds himself as a person, mm-hmm. I do kind of model myself on that. And, and I do in how I deal with people sometimes, you know, yeah. pull out my magnum. <laughs> no, but, no, but literally I do. And it's, it's a lot to be said for getting what you want just by how you can look at people sometimes, you know, yeah. and to be a little bit mysterious, you know, it's quite, it's quite good. And so he is a huge part, huge part of growing up. In fact, he's done so many different types of movies as well, isn't he? He really has covered all areas. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, because, you know, there was a lot of people giving him advice not to do um, every which way but loose in any which way you can. You know, they're yeah. going, that's not you. You're not a comedy actor. You don't do that. But you know, why not? <laughs> you know, and they're too great. Yeah, films. but he's not outright comedic in it, is he either, oh, no. to be fair? So, no. Life is full of comedy. My day-to-day life is full of fucking comedy. Yeah. You know, I'm living in the real world. I mean, it, it, it's not belly laugh type of comedy slapstick nonsense, is it? You know, that film, those, those two films. Oh, no, it? no. He, I mean, he, he plays a bare knuckle fighter, doesn't he? You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the the leader of the uh, biker gang is a bit laughable. Oh, but, Chola. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 you know, come on, it was uh, 1978. Was it the first one? 1978, I think. Uh, was it 78 yeah. or 80. It was around there. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Just a, but but no, life is comedic, and you end up in situations. So what's the problem with actually acting a bit comedic? You know. Yeah. Right. 
and he got he, he's been criticized as well hasn't he for you know his acting some people say he is too sort of wooden and you know that whole thing talking through his teeth um, would said they would say to his face would they, they wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not no way no way would they say it to his face i think he is actually quite human does that make sense he yeah. acts he acts like not acting it's kind of like an anti-acting it's actually he acts like it's so convincing that you don't realize he's acting if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah so he's fantastic yeah. really really fantastic and i think he's comedic in a way i think he has this little glint in his eye he has this little clint in his eye play with words but do you know what i mean it's just um i don't know there's just something about him is there's, there's he there is only one clint eastwood mate yeah uh, that's it there's just a lot of actors in there you know you've either got it or you haven't and it is all about you know, i said earlier that whole screen presence thing and he's got it, it just yeah, he's got... I think Harrison Ford has a similar. They give him a bit mm. of stick, a bit wooden as well, don't they? I think, um, but he doesn't have that hard edge look to him at all. But he's he has a way of doing it, you know. The same, yeah. but but no, nah, nah, Clint Eastwood. Anyone who thinks he's a bit wooden, I think is a little bit fucking mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're wrong. It's yes. the fucking internet, isn't it? Internet trolls, bastards. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, is there anything else you want to like talk about with Clint before we get onto this, like the feedback that we've had? Because we're going to, we'll, we'll take the feedback in two parts. We're going to read out the feedback that people tweeted to us when we announced yep. the show. And then we're going to read the feedback to the question. I put the, that really difficult question out there of your yeah. favourite and least favourite Clint movie. Um, uh, but is there I, anything else you, that, you know, you want to have a, a chat about before we get to that, mate? Just, I would just like to say the fact that we've got this started, I've been so excited for it, you know, and... I'm pleased with actually. There's there's always that worry, you know, before we start recording, that worry of what happens if someone gets in first, you know. It's it's quite <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's I, I'm just pleased we've got there and we're going to do this and give it real justice. You know, yeah. we're going to have a laugh, we're going to have a joke, and have fun. But I hope we're insightful and I hope we sort of give what the people want. If not, they can fucking not bother listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. It's important to really do justice on. Clint Eastwood, I think. So. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we both think the same about that, don't yeah. we? And we do have a laugh because that's what we do anyway. It would be, you know, it'd be ridiculous if we came on and we did this and we tried to be ultra serious because that's not us that, anyway. We might, you might as well just sit there and read Wikipedia if you yeah. do that. That's yeah. pointless. Yeah. yeah. You know. He says, he says, whilst closing the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you know what I mean? You've got to inject humour. I think that's, and, and, and like you say, anything more I want to talk about. Eastwood. I think over the period of the podcast, I think we'd end up opening up quite a lot about it. You know, it, it will give us yeah. a lot to talk about. So. Oh, I think it will do. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so once we get onto, you know, each film and breaking down the film, yeah, and at different aspects, and I cannot wait to uh, to revisit all these films, mate. And yeah. you know, I'm sure I'm, both of us are going to find stuff in them that we just never knew before and never noticed before. I, I'm, I'm kind of going to do like with the boys over the world ride. I mean, they do minute by minute, which would be a, a nightmare. But I think I'm just going to sort of look at these films differently. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to sort of, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and again, I like the whole wider thing, the whole um, supporting cast and going down that trail. You know, I quite like that and see yeah. who he linked up with again, like with regards to his, you know, uh, actual uh, people behind the cameras and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. There's usually there tends to be a trend, doesn't there? If you look through, and he would have he would have launched other people's careers as well. I mean, like Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, or, or kind of in a way, you know, yeah, as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be really good, mate. I cannot wait. And music, you know. Oh yeah. Come on, the first three, the Dollars movies, Ennio oh. Morricone, 
such an intrinsic part of those films. You know, we, yeah. you know, we're going to have a chat about the music in those as well. So you know, oh, there's definitely. so much good that we're going to cover. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's going to be so good. Yeah. So shall we take a little short break before we come back with some listener feedback then? Absolutely. And I need to go for a quick waz. <laughs> a little wee. A quick wee. A wee wee. <laughs> Why not? Do it in the style of Clint Eastwood then and then. Well, how is that then? Did I that don't know. I don't know where <laughs> I was going to go with that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> All right. Go for your wee then, mate. I will do, mate. I'll right. be back shortly. Okay. The thing about you, Tom Hanks, because when we talk to you about films, we always imagine that any director, kind of, you're in the film, they'll be quite intimidated by having you there. Oh, gee, I wish. But this time, <laughs> but this time the director's Clint Eastwood. Oh, dear. So God. how did that dynamic yeah. pan out? Well, you don't want to get one of those Clint Eastwood looks from him, you know? <laughs> you know, I can't do it, but, you know, where he just kind of, like, raises one, he looks at you and, like... <laughs> Like you come to Clint, I have this idea. Maybe for the scene, if we, if I do that and I throw that over to Aaron, and then you can cut. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's. I, I, there was, I, I wanted. There was a guy playing a saxophone in Times Square. Uh -huh. I said we were done with the shot too soon. I said go over there and give that guy fifty bucks just to let loose with some of those. Uh -huh. ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, but he he treats his actors like uh, horses. Um, <laughs> Uh, because because uh, when he was doing... There's a great show, Rawhide. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Rawhide. He played yeah, Robbie yeah. Yates. A Western. Uh, and uh, he had all these old uh, directors there for, who directed movies that made a big deal about yelling action. You know, we're rolling. All right, stand by. This is a take. Everybody ready? Out of three, two, one... Action! And every time they would do that, the horses they were on would bolt, you know. <laughs> Action! And they'd have to, like, do that. And uh, uh, so when you're in a Clint Eastwood movie, you don't even know the camera's rolling, and you just hear over your shoulder, All right, go ahead. You know... You do it, and sometimes you're doing some pretty hot stuff, and you just keep doing it until you hear him say, that's enough of that. <laughs> and, that's, and then you move on, and you're on to the next setup. It's intimidating as hell. Because that could Wait, go either that way. that every time, that's enough of that? Yeah, yeah. Every time? Yeah. Instead yeah. of cut, it's he that's enough say, of that. No, he'll, he'll say stop if, he, if you, it means you're going to do it again. But other than well, it's mostly like, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Right then, Ben, hopefully you did uh, have a little whittle in the style of Clint Eastwood. I certainly did, my friend. Good man, good man. <laughs> did you shake it five to six times or only five? That's, that's, that's the way that you could do it, isn't it? That is, actually, yeah. That's not how I did it, though, but that is a way I could do it. <laughs> I'm not telling you how I did it. No, okay. We'll leave that to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we said it already, haven't we? You know, the feedback that we got from when we announced this series of shows has been like incredible. And thank you to everybody that, that's done it. Some of the feedback that we got, we're going to read out. And this is to when we said, oh, we're going to do the Clint cast. And um, we're going to read out a bit of the feedback that we'd got from that. Uh, the first one was from, and these are all on Twitter as well, at Rich Eikin, who said, wonderful project, look forward to it all. And then we've got Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood, LA. Sounds interesting. Mm. Clint Eastwood, LA, who is not Clint Eastwood, but has still got 75,000 followers. Really? Yeah, imagine that. Oh, nice. Mm. 
Uh, at Cutty1427, this sounds great. I'm one lucky feeling punk. Nice. This is at Holman underscore Jeff, where Eagles dare woohoo great. That's mm. surely for the question, isn't it? That one. Oh, well, no. I think he Oh, just, no, I see. I think, oh, yeah, I get it. He yes, was just I excited at the thought well of what going to talk about Used it. A bit of, yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Uh, at NellaBG011, just put three hearts, which is nice. Thank you. Oh, our friend actually from. Um, over at uh, Last Save Loaded, this is this is a column. It's at Solemn S O L M sixty seven. He's put awesome. I can't wait for this. One of my favourite actors. I could watch Clint all day. Oh yeah, as as we both could as well, mate. Mm. Uh, at Cybel twenty seven. Uh, sounds amazing. Can't wait. Play Misty for me, uh, and then sort of a shocked face, which I'm not surprised because that does get a bit shocking. Um, and the first film he directed as well, which it was, wasn't it? Play Misty yep. for me was the first one. Uh, he has done so much. Shame it's not at Movie Histories era. Another great podcast. Would love Adam's take on Clint's career. Hoping you guys will be of the same depth and production <laughs> values. <laughs> I think we've answered that question already, haven't we, yeah, during yeah. this episode? This <laughs> <laughs> is at, how would you say this, Kevney or Sevney? Uh, I, would, uh, I would say Sevney. Seventy. Okay, it was at C E V N I. The million dollar question is: Will you be doing films he's directed too? I'm only asking because I finished watching Sully about six hours ago, and it was effing brilliant. It has the makings of a truly epic series. Looking forward to it. I was taken aback by Sully. Had zero expectations, and what a class act it turned out to be. Uh, he's then put uh, hashtag now watching hashtag Clint Eastwood. Then he's put the Iger sanction. Uh, my my what's he put? My loose. Mm-hmm. My loose. New Year's resolution is to watch as many Eastwood movies as possible. That's going to be helped by at 60 Minutes with forthcoming Clint cast. Thanks at Jeff Oates for for the nudge. That's fantastic. So he actually found it by someone else pimping it, yeah. which is good. Yeah, and that's sort of pushed, pushed him into going to be watching Clint Eastwood movies this year. Oh, which is good. So he can watch along with us. That would be pretty good. Yeah. I thought Sally was fantastic. Did you? You know what, mate? Here's my shocker. I've not watched it. Oh, mate, blew me away. And you wouldn't think, because it's obviously about Sully who landed the plane on the Hudson River, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I see Tom Hanks is another actor I absolutely adore, and, and he plays it really well, I think. so. Yeah. 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 I am going to watch it. Well, obviously, I'll have to for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no choice. But I don't know, it's just one of those that sort of passed me by at the time. It's not it's, that old either, is it? It's not, yeah. no. But no. you know when you get films and then you think, oh, yeah, I'll watch that, and then... It passes yeah. you by. Other films come out, and you keep going. Oh, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. Yeah. And you don't. It is on that sort of list. So I, mm-hmm. I do need to do that. Yeah, uh, at Postman Gav, oh, yeah. said, "Remove the N, and I'll listen." <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> referring to, of course, it isn't. You know, the Clint cast is what it is. Yeah, I don't get it. I do get it. I mean, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get what you're saying, but yeah. I do get. I do. I get clit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, move on. Uh, oh, it's, uh, number one stunt master. That's Paul. Um, he's but awesome. You've got a lot of clint to go through. It is quite tough to say clint, you know, when you've got clit on the brain. Uh, <laughs> awesome. You've got a lot of clint to go through, as he did a lot of great films. Yeah, I think we we said already, didn't we? You know, even a bad Clint Eastwood film is still is still a pretty decent film. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I put I put the awful question out of what is your favourite uh, and least favourite Clint Eastwood films? That really difficult question there. Um, 
At Sevney replied, uh, that's a real stinker of a question. Yes, it is. Sorry. I've uh, been thinking about this since you announced you were going to do this and finally settled on Magnum Force as my favourite because I've watched that more times than any other of his. The worst for me is Space Cowboys. I mean, what the fuck? It's a great idea for a series and I'm looking forward to watching and listening along with you guys, especially when you hit the 70s. Hopefully that's the era and not our age by the time we finish these. Uh, when you look at his filmography, there's not a lot of chinks in the armour. He's got a hell of a body of work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just from an acting perspective as well, if you think yeah, about it. You know, yeah. Consider everything else. Wow. Um, there's some dude here. Who's this? At Dastly Jabby. Do you know who that is at all? No, I don't know. Uh, no. Hello, Stabby. We love you. Um, that's such a tough question. I'd say Firefox is probably my least favourite. Too plodding. Favourite is so hard. I know there are better movies in this collection, but I'm going to say Heartbreak Ridge. Hashtag Clintcast, not Clitcast. Winky face. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, at F. Liljegren, Frederick over there in Sweden. Uh, very hard question. I don't think the Deadpool has aged very well. And if I recall correctly, City Heat was quite bland. Ooh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. God, yeah, yeah. that was with uh, Burt Reynolds, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, everybody was yeah. so looking forward because they were like the two huge movie stars at the time. And for a while, people were saying, oh, you can get Clint and get Burt in the same film. And then it happened, and it was a bit of a damp isn't it based in it the 30s on. or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, that's another one that I haven't yeah. seen in so long and only watched yeah. like two or three times. So um, you'd think Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds together would be You'd think incredible. so, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Frederick's favourites, uh, The Unforgiven, Dirty Harry, Heartbreak Ridge, Escape from Alcatraz and many, many more. Oh, yes. Uh, Paul comes back at number one Stuntmaster. Hashtag Clint cast. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot is my favourite and A Perfect World is second favourite as only watched that last year and wow least favourite was Tightrope as I just didn't feel like it should have Clint in it mm, yeah fair point uh, at the Wilder Ride um, the guys there <laughs> Alan and Walt Easily Unforgiven is a near flawless film one of the worst has to be Pink Cadillac yes at Stratham I'm a fan of Kelly's Heroes. Mm. Happy face and a, what's that, an OK sign, isn't an it? OK. Uh, yeah. Somebody else we don't, at Spanky Spangler? Uh, yeah. DT. DT. <laughs> <laughs> and a cheese pot. Mm. Dirty Harry, Dollars Trilogy, Magnum Force and The Beguiled, which I think is largely ignored because it's kind of art house. I really like In the Line of Fire too. And how about romance? The Bridges of Madison County. I've never seen it. Oh, that would be yes. an interesting one as well then. Yeah, yeah. I think when I saw that, I was very much like, oh, romantic film, not my cup of tea. <laughs> you know? But in The Line of Fire, I really love that film. Yeah. I think the uh, John Malkovich is fantastic in that. Oh, yeah, he's great in it. Yeah. Okay, at Shawnikin, who always pimps everything I ever do, and I think the same for you. It's just he retweets everything. Sean's great. Sean's great. Yeah, lovely guy. Um, Got to go with the sentimental favourite, i.e. the one my father worked on. Which, ooh, any which way you can. Not much to tell. He made extra money back in the 70s doing your basic key grip type shit when movies were being filmed in the area. Quite a few, with the notable exception of Close Encounters. I remember one time he took all three of us, my kid sister wasn't around yet, to see Mountain Family Robertson, if you will, and made us stay just long enough to show us his name in the credits. It's a bit funny in retrospect. That's something to be proud of still, isn't it? Seeing yeah. a name, you oh, know, God, in any yeah. film. Yeah, this is something really good. I mean, you've got that yourself, haven't you? You've been, you're, you're on, you've got your name in credits, haven't you? Yeah, in, in, yeah, in a couple of films, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I do wait and watch them on the credits. I think we're because. quite vain. You, know, I think we're quite a vain couple, actually. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> Why not? Why not watch your? So you're right. Yeah, have a look at your name in film credits. Pretty fucking cool. Isn't it? And that's great that his dad like worked on the film, you know, as well. You know, oh, imagine the stories just being on set. Yeah, would just be incredible of any which way you can, and just watching the stuff that was going on, the memories from that would just be absolutely amazing. It'd be quite cool if some people came forward actually to come as a guest on the show. You know, That'd be cool. well, yeah. I mean, we we have got already. We've got some guest um, hosts coming on with us, but yep. people have been like involved in the film. And actually, I was listening to. We're pimping the wilder ride like fuck in this episode, mate. But <laughs> yeah. I was listening. I was listening to. I think it was because I'm I'm in the habit of listening to the guys um, one episode a night in bed. So that I go to bed with them both and I listen to an episode. <laughs> that sounds like a great threesome to it me. It is, it is, with me in the middle and, and one in one in each ear. See, listen- I'd imagine you'd be on the outside, Walt on the other, and I, I would think Alan would be in the middle. I don't know why. <laughs> I think he'd like that. He'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think it was, I'm up to about episode 21 now um, because yeah. the other day I, I sat in the day and listened to a few because I'm like so addicted to it. Um, that I, I just tucked down a few episodes during the day. But one of the guest hosts that they'd got on, um, and I forget the guy's name, unfortunately, but you can look up if you go to thewildride.com and look on, on their website. Um, one of the guest hosts that they'd got on was an actor. Oh, from The Walking ha- Dead and stuff. Yeah, it? and he'd been in Sully as well. Yes, So, right, you know, yeah. to get him on and talk about his experience, you know, yeah. when we when we get to the Sully episode of, you know, working and having Clint directing you. I think that would be fantastic to get yeah, that side of it as well. Um, but, yeah, fingers crossed that, you know, we get people, could be people in front of the camera that's worked on his films, could be yep. people behind the camera that's worked on his films. That's definitely something that we've got in mind and we're going to push for for the yep. episodes as we do get into each individual film. I've got to be honest, I want nothing less than Clint Eastwood, if I'm honest. That would but... be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hold my hopes too high, though. No, but you yeah. never know. You never know. Nah. Yeah. Um... It's me, isn't it? Oh, at Solm 67. Yes. Solm again. Uh, just watched Dirty Harry, still awesome. Clap hands. Also, just watched Joseph Wales. That's the Jewish version, isn't it? The Jewish version. <laughs> the Rabbi <laughs> Joseph Wales. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's a missed opportunity that Clint could have done, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant! Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Great huge thanks, huge thanks to everybody that gave us feedback, and um, yeah, again, obviously your your feedback on this show, comments, corrections, whatever you want to say, and then as we go in each individual show, we're looking at each movie, um, your comments about them and the film. Obviously, the you know the next film that we're going to be talking about. Um, well, I'll tell you in the next section of the show because we're going to take another short break. Neither of us needs a piss, but we're going to take a short break yeah. uh, and, and come I... back for the closing part, aren't we? And I've got another minstrel to chew on, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for nobody that gets that, stick around to the end of the show because I think there could well be some outtakes. <laughs> uh, oh, I heard a story, I don't know if it's true. It's but true. It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story I heard that you and Clint Eastwood both got started around the same time and that you were both fired from Universal Pictures on the same day. That's as, true. as young guys getting started out because th- I, they found fault with both of you. 
Why would they fire you, Clint Eastwood, or you? I mean, well, Clint, uh, uh, they said, you, you know, you, you talk too slow, <laughs> and your, your tooth is chipped, and you won't get it fixed. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just, you don't, you don't listen to anybody. You just want to do things your own way. Mm -hmm. And I said, w why are you firing me? And they said, you can't act. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a crazy story, you guys getting fired on the same day. And we're, we're walking to his truck, you know, afterwards. And I said, you know, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. And he said, why? And I said, I can learn to act. You'll never get rid of that Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> and you can help, it, it did hold him back. You can yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy, whatever happened. Uh, <laughs> Right, Ben has finished off his minstrel and uh, we're now into the closing part of the show and I want to begin it by having a competition. Mm, now a competition then. on the first episode? Wow, um, Dave, how I, could you do something so amazing as that? It's, it, it's, that's how good we are, mate. It's, you know, it's how generous we are. Is it a dinner date with Clint Eastwood? A dinner date. <laughs> If we had that, we'd both be fighting for it. Wouldn't <laughs> <they>? <laughs> yeah, I'd win. But... Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that'd> be... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, imagine that, a dinner date with Eastwood. Oh, that would be pretty good, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that, but... <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. You've got people's hopes up now. This is going to seem really shit now. <laughs> it's, a dinner date. it's a dinner date with Dave. Yes. <laughs> Cue no entries for the competition. <laughs> Oh, uh, we do. Like we've had, we've had so many competitions. What we normally do is our Twitter account is, ex you know, that's where we have all the, the competitions, and we have given away thousands of pounds worth of stuff. We like box sets. I think the biggest prize we had, we had um, a DVD box set that was one hundred and eighty pound. I think new when it first came out. We've given away so much, but for this, uh, we're giving away a Clint Eastwood related thing, and we want listeners to the podcast to win, and specifically. Clint Eastwood fans, because obviously if you're listening to this, you're a Clint Eastwood fan. So to win, or for the chance to win, uh, listen, because when we finish, instead of the theme tune, I'm going to play a clip from a Clint Eastwood film. You can email us, don't tweet us and give away the answer, email us, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk or go to the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk and go to the contact us section. Uh, just email us the title of the film and put as your header, Clint competition. And then I'll know for Clint competition. And then I'll know from the emails that it's a competition entry. Uh, what it's for is I recently bought the 4K uh, Blu-ray of Unforgiven. And no, you're not going to win that because <laughs> it's mine. Uh, but it did come with a, a code for the digital download of it, the ultraviolet code i think they call it unfortunately and i did read the t and c's on it before recording it's for uk only now i did think it'd be worldwide wouldn't you mate you know when it's like yeah, a digital definitely. code it's a bit shit that they've just didn't did you had lockout in this day and age no right? i mean that is silly for a digital code i think yeah. so unfortunately it's only for uk uh, listeners um and i'll i will pick at random one person now to give time for people to to listen to this show I'm going to give midnight UK time on the 31st of January. So if you're listening to this after then and you're in the UK and you want to enter, sorry, you're a bit late. Um, 
that's just to make people listen to us early as well, mate. You know, if we, mm, if we give stuff away. Um, so yeah, listen, listen to the clip. Send us an email. Um, head a Clint competition, and uh, to be in with a chance. And I will, if come the first of February, you don't have an email with the code in it. You know, you haven't won. Um, but if you do have an email, congratulations, and I will announce the winner in the next show as well. Lovely, Chaplin. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, you've got some news as well, mate, because um, you might be interacting <laughs> a little bit more with some of the listeners too, as well as the yeah. great interaction that we've got on, on Twitter. Yeah, I think because when I was doing the same coin, we used to have a page on Facebook mm. um, and a group page as well, which I quite like. Uh, and they, as much as I, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but I think for the for the podcast, it's good to get feedback from as many places as possible so i thought perhaps if, we, if i could set up a page for the clint cast um and i maintain that it's absolutely fine and then um i, had, I don't know what it's going to be called yet i'm not sure what the actual i haven't, I haven't done it yet so i'm just <laughs> basically saying that it's coming up so you will be to contact contact us on facebook soon as well yeah. i mean certainly by the time the next show comes about it'll be up and running so i would, I would do it as soon as i can excellent excellent yeah um shout outs mate i know we've got oh. some shout outs oh yeah would you like obviously to Obviously to yourself first to actually get this ball rolling, to get it all started, coming up with the idea, asking me to come on it, mate, was, I really appreciate that. Um, and it, I've, I've, I've had a great time recording this evening. It's been good fun. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I am really, really excited for the future in this. Um, we're not sure how regular we're going to do this yet. Do we know yet? Do we sort no, of... just, I mean, the good thing I think I like about with with us is there's no set i mean we do, we've both done it with past podcasts haven't we yes where, you know where you've you've stuck to that weekly routine and it's it's harder than people think to get a show out there and and to do it every week so these are as and when we can obviously yes. we're going to try aren't we to do them as regular as we can but Absolutely. we're not we're not going to stick to a set you know routine and you know hopefully you're going to get the most out of us doing that way as well that, that, that's yeah. true as well and also with the you know with the 60 minutes banner you've you've got other podcasts as well we've got the abc of gaming yeah, you've obviously yeah. got your, your your main show as well so yeah. there's plenty of content coming out but i definitely don't want it to be where it goes on for a couple of months here and there oh no no uh, we you know we're definitely I, I would imagine we can safely do once a month definitely yeah i would think uh, but i'd Hopefully, hoping maybe twice if, if we can. Yeah, yeah, if we can fit yeah. it in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, um, yes, uh, that's that. Obviously, Chris and Adam over at the ABC. Um, Tom over at um, is he just on, he's just on the um, was the it decade, decade of decade, decadence, which yes. is fantastic, mate. It's all oh, brilliant. Thanks, mate. And, Tina, and Tina as well. Um, DT. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, good to her as well for all the stuff she's doing. But, but I've really got just one shout out, um, which I've mentioned him a few times this uh, today this evening. Uh, the Wild Ride, mm-hmm. and I think. I'll have to explain where they came about. I was listening to, I, I've always um, listened to the Slycast and I think yeah. you may, I think you got me onto them a few oh, years yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. Great, right. Great show. But they, they, but they don't do their own show as such now. I think it's about four podcasts who sort of all amalgamated into one. Yeah. 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 And I happened to be listening to this show. Um, Craig was on there who I remember from Slycast, but there's a few other guys I hadn't heard of before, but they just had a little guest spot come up at the end of one of their podcasts. And it was a guy called Walt Murray. And uh, I think they were speaking about Stop My Mum Will Shoot, I think possibly. I can't quite remember. It's all a bit jumbled. But anyway, he mentioned that he was on this podcast called The Wilder Ride. Now, I'm a huge fan of Gene Wilder, massive fan, up there with Clint Eastwood for me, um, and always loved his movies. And I thought I'd give it a go. But what was interesting to me is that it's the first time I've heard of this minute-by-minute podcasting, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to a movie and doing a podcast minute-by-minute. And that's what those guys do. And when you look deeper... 
okay there's about 80 or 90 different podcasts out there now minute by minute yeah it's crazy I, I, yeah. it is crazy i mean if you think about it every episode they do on the wild ride um they've covered young frankenstein for their first season mm-hmm. um which has been fantastic i think you said earlier on you're up to about episode 18 or 19 is it or yeah, yeah just yeah. just into the early 20s now well, I'm on episode 90 now, so I'm coming on to the back back straight now for, for the rest of it. But you've got basically two guys on there, Alan Sanders and Walt Murray. Um, uh, Alan's um, a mid, mid-American, was it am I right to say that? Mid-Western American by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Walt, who sounds more Southern. I think he says it himself. He's like the, the redneck of the, uh, of the duo. <laughs> but they've just got fantastic rapport. Um, everything I like in a podcast. Um, I just started making conversation with them as well um, over sort of Twitter and joined in their group on Facebook. And uh, just sort of taking quite a bit of inspiration of how they present their show. It's hilarious, informative, two lovely guys. I think you and Tina have been talking to them quite a bit now as well. I think I got you onto the Wild Ride, didn't I, as well, mentioned about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and Tina's listening to it now as well. And I think we're, well, I know we're certainly going to guest on their show. I know that they're going to come and guest on our show, hopefully, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Tina's going to guest on their show with she yourself. Is, well. yeah. It's just, I love it because, you know, I always like that when it's the other side of the world. And I've been having some ridiculous private messaging with Alan, who's a hilarious <laughs> guy. Dirty stuff. He's a dirty man. <laughs> uh, woo, unbelievable. But no, it's been absolutely hilarious. And I can't wait. I, I just wanted to pimp those guys out. So it's called The Wilder Ride. Um, what's their little tagline uh, get, getting wilder by the minute yeah. and it's absolutely brilliant the first as i say young frankenstein dave and i are going to go on in march to do a couple of minutes worth of blazing saddles which is an absolute <laughs> classic so excited mate so excited so yeah go check them out the wilder ride yeah i've been addicted to them as well mate since you put me onto them and it, same with me it's everything that i love about a podcast you know it's about films obviously gene wilder who i love as well um but with a podcast no matter what the subject is if you don't make that connection with the hosts you can't listen to it you know you've got to have a connection for me anyway absolutely and and these guys instantly i loved um you know i love the way they talked i love what they were talking about i love the rapport between both of them um because you know they're really interesting and informative but it's also got that bit that i always want in a podcast that entertainment value and the humor in there as well you know like it's the it's the classic you know the cliche of you sat in a pub listening to mates chatting and it's that with these guys and they do really do their homework uh more than we do actually (laughs) because when you're breaking down you know a movie minute by minute they really go into the minutiae of everything but they make it so interesting and the amount of times i've been listening to it and young frankenstein is a you know it's a film i've seen so many times and it's like holy shit i never knew that i never knew that and it is and then when it starts going as well and the guest hosts come in and they bring their own part to it oh yeah i've learned so much and i've laughed so much as well it's yeah. it's a really really good podcast absolutely yeah. alan's a radio host out there as well and um i actually listened into one of their shows and he actually gave us a shout out on there dave as well oh, which i think it's brilliant isn't it like <laughs> yeah. in america and it's just yeah i love all that sort of stuff and it is about networking around and it's about getting on with other people i've, I've never understood when people don't praise other shows i've never quite got yeah. that yeah it's weird it is um, weird yeah but as i say yeah you're right there and i think because they've got such a great rapport together and they're not frightened to talk about themselves. In fact, they talk about themselves quite a lot, actually, yeah, but I, I, I like, which I like. I like doing that. I like looking behind the curtain to people's yeah, lives. Definitely. And stuff. Definitely. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And well, of course to you, mate, you know, I knew that you were a big Clint Eastwood fan, a uh, big shout out to you. And it was great. You know, I thought 
there was only one person that could ask. It had to be you, mate, because I knew Aww. I knew it'd be a laugh, and we've had a great laugh tonight. And Too right. th- the fact that we're both going to go on this journey together, yes, of going all the way through the Clint Eastwood films again. I, you know, I really cannot wait to hear what you've got to say. You know about these films and looking back on them together and the stuff that yeah. you know that we're going to find out about about these films that you know we didn't know before and just sharing the enjoyment of them is going to be so so good mate so because good. you definitely look at films in a different way now do you find do you find oh, yeah. that you oh you do just, yeah 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 a film i would have seen as a kid i'd be literally looking for the the punch style of a film or i'll be looking for the yeah. the, the, the payoff you know the, the action sequence or whereas now i look way different yeah in a film. yeah, yeah you look more deeper into them, don't you? You know, yeah, it's a totally. lot more, and you get more meaning out of them too. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, to Tina because she's going to sit through them with me. <laughs> and yes. I know she's mentioned a couple of films that she wants to come on as the guest host. You know, she's a big Clint Eastwood fan too. And of course, all the sixty minutes with crew. You know, you said Adam and Chris for the ABC yeah. shows, and you know Tom with Decade of Decadence, and we're having a laugh yeah. with those and getting great feedback with with those yeah. shows as well. Um, so that, that's all really good. Um, and to- I, I, I must shout out my lovely, lovely girlfriend as well because um, she's going to hopefully sit through all of my stuff as well. If not, just give me, just suck me off whilst I'm watching them. I'm happy. <laughs> that, I'm happy doing that. So. No, but it's great. It's just really nice to have someone who's interested in what you do. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it makes a big, big difference, mate. It really does. Yeah, it really is amazing. Um, yeah, and to everybody that has already given us such great feedback, thank you to everybody that takes the time because I know I listen to like podcasts and you know a lot of the time. They're asking stuff. I did tweet to Last Save Loaded today. They're asking about you know what games you've you've completed or played yeah. and so on. So I did. I you know I very often tweet those. But there's a lot, and you think with all the best intentions, I'll do that, and then you don't. And it's so simple, just to spend yeah. thirty seconds sending the tweet or even an email. You can do it on your phone now. But I you know I'm guilty of it myself yeah. of, of not giving feedback to podcasts that I listen to that I really should. Do, do you know one thing that really frustrates me still is you have to go into YouTube, uh, sorry iTunes to give a rating or a yeah, review that yeah. drives my balls because I don't have iTunes so I actually can't even do it yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah. I'm just awful. You know if if somebody just tweets and says you know and we've had loads of these and thanks to everybody that does that the great show you know. Actually, and I will say as well, and that's another thing with like the guys at the Wild Wilder Ride, they interact with their audience. Yeah. And that's so important. You know, if you ask them a question, they'll interact with you. And it's, you know, that, that there are some shows out there that just don't interact. Yeah. No, I like to try and make a point of, if, you know, if people tweet us or, yeah. you know, especially if they tweet us, because that's the main thing that I use is to, to you know, to reply to people. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, hopefully we're going to get some emails too that we can read out and comment on in each show as well. And I've got, you know, obviously a big shout out to everybody that's, listen to this episode oh, and yeah, yeah and especially it's got this far right to the end and they're still listening mate i think they deserve a big shout out <laughs> yeah we should have a little we should have a little code word here at this point yeah so we know exactly if someone has listened yeah so right to the end what should we say some sort of hashtag that they can yeah. tweet out um minstrel munching <laughs> <laughs> hashtag minstrel munching there we go yes bang on <laughs> not that we're trying to stroke our own egos no who really no, is no. listening but, no, but, but you know, yeah, yeah. That's too... I want to see if anyone can yeah. munch on a minstrel like I can. <laughs> Nobody can munch on a minstrel well, like I'm, you, mate. I'm telling you now, he had a smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the next show, the next show, we're, we're going to start the episodes proper. Uh, and we're going to go through them. Chronological order, we're going to start in 1964 with A Fistful of Dollars. And again, if you want to tweet or email us... Um, thoughts and comments on that film uh, 
we'll read them out at the end of the show. We'll have, you know, a listener section as well, uh, where we'll read out what you think of that film. Surely, surely there's nobody out there. Do you think, mate, we're going to get a tweet or an email going, I think a fistful of dollars is a bit shit, really? Uh, the only people who could say that are people who don't like Westerns. Hmm. Because I know people who uh, don't like Red Dead Redemption as a video game, purely based on its theme. Yeah. So, but then, would they watch it in the first place if that's the case? They probably wouldn't, would they? So. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably not. But no, basically someone stupid would say that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to whack out the Blu-ray on this one and just see it. Because, I mean, those movies were recorded in such high definition, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And they are. Yeah. Absolute classics, mate. Um, This this is one I've seen well into double figures. And I cannot wait to watch it again. That's how good it is. Yeah. Well, thanks, mate. There we we are at the end of the show. Um, Like I said, I do advise people to listen right until the end um the next thing that's going to play is the clip from a clint eastwood film and remember to email us to enter the competition uh if you're from the uk of course sorry to everybody else that's listening to this around the world and um yeah then there may well be the odd outtake at the end (laughs) 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 Uh, right great time mate thank you and i cannot wait for a fistful of dollars with you no that's awesome mate I can't wait and thank you very much. All right, till uh, till next time. See you later, mate. You're under arrest, Reno. You talking to me, Marsh? Your name's Reno, isn't it? Look, Marshall, I don't know what kind of town you're running here. This isn't my town. Why well, wouldn't know? See, I just rode in. I'm going to wash down some trail dust. And. So what do you say I done? You don't remember me, do you? No. Right, I literally <laughs> run off for a piece. So on, <laughs> it's so hilarious. So, uh, Nikki, my girlfriend, walked up to me and sort of, I thought she said, do I want a blowjob? But she was actually shaking her hand as in, do I want a coffee? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Getting sucked off whilst recording that <laughs> Ken Eastwood. <laughs> I'm not too two sets, mate. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, oh. just... Just chewing on a minstrel. Really? I hope he's enjoying it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. That's brilliant. That's a hell of a tip to give, isn't it? <laughs> you said go to the toilet like Clint Eastwood, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, nearly finished. <laughs> you take oh, it. <laughs> You can't rush a minstrel, mate. You? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. He's looking a bit pale. <laughs> this is like things Henry VIII said, isn't it? Now, <laughs> oh my god, it's going all blazing saddles all of a sudden, yeah, isn't it? You go first, then, mate. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we'll come back after yeah. the break. Right. Have uh, Have you swallowed that minstrel? <laughs> swallowed it all. Good man. Take it all down. One. One big gulp. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs>
<laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> the times yeah. I got the giggles going part way through this. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Ben's just punching on a minstrel. <laughs> I do hope there's been at least one person that has been offended, <laughs> just to be honest. Uh, always, yeah. There, there usually is, isn't there? Yeah. At least the ones that stick with you, you know they've got the same sense of humour, so that's always totally. good. Yeah. yeah.